Check, check, check. Holy sh this mic is loud. Mine or yours? <laughs> They're both loud. <laughs> They're all, turn the it headphone. down. Where the right, right here where they plug in. Oh, there we go. Dale, throw your headphones on there. Stuff? Throw your cans on there, son. Cans? You got, you got cans. Put those things on your head. Put your cans on, boy. <laughs> Last time I had cans around my head. So we've got a guest in studio, but we've, we've got to get to the intro first. Here we go. The Truck Show. We're going to show you what we know. We're going to answer what the truck. Because truck rides with truck show we have the lifted we have the lowered and everything in between we'll talk about trucks that run on diesel and the ones that run on gasoline the truck show the, the truck, truck show the truck show whoa, whoa. it's the truck show with your hosts lightning and holman Check it out. Still so official, you know? Dude, are we back? Is this the second episode? It is the second episode. They renewed us. They renewed us. I think we're on a show-by-show basis right I, now, aren't they we? They haven't heard the first one, so they weren't able to fire <laughs> us just yet. So there's a there's a firing latency that could happen here. We exactly. We might not make it to the third show. <laughs> It's a total hack job over here how I have to get these things to play on this computer. <laughs> I have to run two versions of the same program with different, like, uh, one is 1.1 and one is 1.2. It's so lame. We're so weak here. You know what's rad, though, is because we're actually in the same studio two times in a row. We're actually, go like, building another studio, so hopefully it'll be A little more professional. Exactly. So my name is Lightning, and we've got Holman over here. What's I'm pointing up? to him, and you have no idea because no. you're just listening to this. You're like, can't see your arms What if we did a Facebook Live, they would know. I don't so think we should because we're ugly. We are ugly. We're hideously ugly. Which is why we're and on we're a podcast. De we're deformed. <laughs> well, you are your face. Well, you have a beard. tail. I, I have a beard. You have a tail. I don't have a tail. That's another <laughs> DJ who works on this radio station. Well, so I was at Lone Star Throwdown this last weekend, and I got to say, Holman, that it was beyond my wildest dreams. It was muddier than I would have guessed. <laughs> I saw your pictures, man. There's some amazing stuff at that show. There were, I kind of just thought I was going to be in a sea of like C10s, just slam C10s. Oh, yeah. But I wasn't. No, there's everything. It was kind of like if you if you went to SEMA and you filtered off all the cars. Out all the cars, <laughs> exactly, and that's Lone Star Throwdown. And it was in Conroe, Texas, and it was in uh, by the convention center, off in some woods. And it had been raining. The, it's a, it's a three-day show, although it doesn't really get into high gear until Saturday. But I guess people tried to load in on, on Friday, and it was raining, and some of the vendors had to come back Saturday morning and the whole thing. But the bottom line is Saturday went off without a hitch, and I've never seen so many freaking trucks in my life in well, one I mean, place. It, it, it was insane. It looked like a parking lot at, like, the Super Bowl, right? Except it was on dirt, and uh, the trucks were really pretty. Yes. I think it was equal lifted to lowered. New, yeah. new, new versus vintage. I yeah. saw some cool uh, kind of rest of mod stuff. I mean, there's a few of the pictures that you posted, and we'll post on the at Truck Show podcast Instagram account as well some of the pictures yeah. that uh, Lightning took out there. But um, there are some cool old trucks, semis that, you know, full rest of mod action. There were some lowered, beautiful classics, some pretty awesome late model stuff. I just, it wasn't what I expected. What was the best bumper sticker that you saw there? I didn't see many bumper stickers. It wasn't as redneck as I thought it was going to be. Okay. Like, I thought it was going to be way hillbilly. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I feel bad for saying that, but I just, that's what I had. You know, we're from Southern California. And, and you I'm hate Texas? I don't hate Texas. Okay, I spent the whole, like, I went extra time before and after the show to hang out in Houston. Yeah, I saw like, it you. It was uh, really cool. It took the family Dude, hanging out, yeah, Aquarium, we did barbecue. Yeah, we did all, I, I did it as big as I could in the amount of time I we had. I was honestly a little jelly. 
It was bit. neat. It was cool. It was cool. And I had not spent a lot of time. I'd been to Dallas and Fort Worth, yep. and I'd been to Austin, but I had never spent any quality time in Houston. Yeah. And, it, you know, it's just like any other city, but you get outside, and it's just, it's so pleasant. It's yeah. so nice. Everyone is so super cool. You get that Southern hospitality. But back to the Lone Star Throwdown, these guys did it upright. And the thing that we have, that they had at Lone Star Throwdown that they don't have at any other show that, at least on the West Coast, is a cruise. Like, so as you're walking through... The show, there's a paved path that can yeah. fit one car in one direction, and there are cars just going around it. So you're, you're bobbing and weaving through moving cars the whole time, yep. but you're never in fear of, like, this guy is going to step on the gas and mow someone over. But there's just, it's a cruise That's like a Texas in truck real show time. thing. Yeah. Though. Like, that's that's something that they do down there in the South. I've been to a, a bunch of truck shows that have the... The cruise, and you know, it seems like you come out here to our truck shows. It's like everybody park, nobody move, right? And yeah, you got. I mean, you pull into a venue, and you have to. You can only have a third of take a gas, gas yep. and you can't. Like, you almost have to hand your keys over because yeah. they don't trust you, <laughs> yeah. and you're not allowed to even start your engine till after the award yep. ceremony on the Sunday, and and yeah. it's so strict. And back there, it's just. So I don't awesome. want to call it a free for all, but it's it's just loose yeah. and it's friendly and people are just cruising and people are walking around with their beers and yep. there's no, no one's getting out of hand at least that I saw. I, I, just Good the family vibe. event too, right? I mean, that's a great way to bring your kids along. Saw strollers, have, yeah. the whole thing. Saw kids drinking beer. No, Lovely. I didn't. I mean, it was like, <laughs> but it was. They're just holding the beer. They weren't drinking it. Exactly. <laughs> I, you know, I really got it. I will definitely go back next year if given yeah. the opportunity. And I thought we should be. I, I think that we should be there. Yeah, recording. I'm, all, I'm all for it I because you've got cool. the best clubs. Obviously, there's C10 clubs, but you have um, you had negative camber guys. You had a lot of different clubs represented there in all different well, genres of and trucks. There's a lot of stuff that's listen. All the Mustangs are gone. All the Camaros are gone. All the short bed C10s are gone. Right. So like the next progression is sort of me. I've got my '67 F100. Well, uh, the bump side guys, we're starting to come on strong. I'm starting to see those guys out there and. And the cool thing is there's a lot of people are like, okay, all the muscle cars are sort of gone and all the, the cool short bed Chevys are gone. Hey, there's a opportunity and they're building weird stuff, cool stuff that you just don't see. It's awesome. Well, and also Southern California, you don't see a lot of lower trucks. I mean, you, you can go to like a Forbidden Fantasy outside yeah. like Laughlin or something like yep. that. And you see some, but like in LA, Orange County or these areas here, it's like, it's lifted. They, they're, they're all lifted. Yeah. If you do see any, yeah. Well, or you see the old guys in like Sunday morning. Early, early coming back from meeting their buddies for coffee, sort of a thing. So, I mean, they're out there. We're obviously, right. you know, huge truck culture out here, but not in the same way it is out there. But lowered trucks are alive yeah. and well in the, you know, in the Midwest, in the South. Yeah. It was just in a really big way. Awesome. And guys could go and spending bank on these things. And I was mostly, I feel like mostly Chevys. There were a couple yeah. of Fords, but mostly Chevys dropped, and I just... Um, so is it like the mini-trucking days where uh, people are like focused on the look, or did, was it more chassis and patina? Like what, What's kind of the, the theme? Yeah, it's more look. Yeah. Most were modern-bodied vehicles. Sure. It's clean. Yep. Massive stereos, just like in the 80s. And I was really like <laughs> so reliving my youth. So you went home again, youth. right? Yeah. <laughs> I really, I returned home. Yeah, so Lone Star Throwdown, it was great. And I, I tried to get Lonnie, we had one, we had Todd um, 
uh, one of the co-founders on the last episode. I wanted to get Lonnie on this one. I, I couldn't track him down in time. I think he's probably buried in mud somewhere. Yeah, right. Well, we'll find him. I did see there, there were some accidents afterwards, which I felt, felt bad about. There was oh, a, a, a really famous SEMA truck there uh, called Joker. Mm. It was black with purple accents, the undercarriage. Uh, yeah, so it had rolled on oh, one of the highways no afterwards. Yeah, On a and, trailer or driving? Uh, driving. Oh, Driving. Nice. Yeah, it got clipped and got spun around and yeah, rolled, and it's, it was toast. And there's another one I saw pop on Instagram today, and it's really interesting. Um, I, I didn't know, like, I guess this this purple truck, this joke truck, people listening going, oh, yeah, I know all about it because yeah, they'd right, seen it right. on Instagram. But there was some interesting hate from some bloggers who were writing about this truck because the new owner wasn't the guy who created it, and, and people were hating on this new yeah. owner. Like, ah, uh, they almost... They felt bad for people who were in or around the accident, but not the new owner. Because, <laughs> right. like, oh, that guy's a prick. Like, I'm glad he flipped that thing. It was really bizarre brutal. that the, the, these tr- the trucks take on a life of their own. People yeah. really get connected to the vehicle, and they are, they're the personality. And in some cases, the human that owns it just hinders well, its popularity. I mean, it, you can look at it. A lot of these trucks have Facebook pages now. A lot of these trucks are being built up in forums and things like that. And so you kind of have... You know, personal ownership of of seeing the build, and you kind of feel like you're a part of it. So when you see it in person, yeah, these trucks are their own entity. Yeah, I was surprised to see some of that hate. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> no. But the reality is it's a small group of us. I mean, people know each other. It's a small community, and word travels fast, man, especially now with social and all that stuff. If you burn somebody... Pff, Dude, you're you're excised from the community. Pretty, You're I, voted I, off the island pretty it's quick. It's interesting that you say that. So there was... I don't want to say which which uh, installer, but there, there's a guy in, in, in Texas and I want to line him up and they have uh, built quite a few SEMA vehicles that I've seen and I've really liked. And I went on their Yelp page and then I started doing some research and I thought, I feel kind of dirty booking these guys. And they had a lot of hate. A lot of guys like, hey, I dropped 60 grand. I didn't get what I asked for. And I thought, you know, it's a bad look. It might reflect poorly on us for having these guys on the show. And I thought that was kind of crappy because they've done some really amazing builds. But at the end of the day, it's like. But to find amazing build too, right? I mean, SEMA, I mean, we've pushed cars on the trailers and trucks on the trailers where the paint is wet. We had to re-pinstripe it in the parking lot. You know, like that's how fresh the SEMA build was. So a lot of these vehicles are, are built last minute look great at the show, have the spec sheet, but then you start poking around, there's another six months or more worth of work. And so, you know, I don't want to give the industry a bad eye, but, you know, there there's a few people out there that have taken advantage of companies and individuals, built something that looks great, but it's a big paperweight. And and people find out about that stuff pretty quick. Right. Pretty quick. So, we, you know, we're here to support I, the good guys out I there. I do understand the battle where the guy's trying to make money. Like, yeah. he's doing a lot of... Whether he's installed car stereos or wheels one day or yeah. suspension another day, and he's literally just trying to keep the doors open, yeah. trying to make money, and at the same time, he's trying to build this project vehicle that's going to get him a lot of notoriety, yeah. um, both on the industry and the press side, and, and so he is kind of robbing Peter to pay Paul. Right. Like he's taken away from his daily customers and 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 really doing right by them in order to stay up late and build this show vehicle when. Who knows what the real return yeah. on investment is going to be? But he's like, that's like the big dick contest, yep. right? It's just yep. like I got to build a cool car. But I, I, man, I I don't know. I th- we'll have to get into this with our with our guest coming up here next. Yeah, yeah right. Sounds good. So Lone Star Throwdown. The takeaway is that I was impressed, and I'm going to go back. I was really honored those guys hooked me up with tickets. Yeah, let's do it next and, year. And it was uh, it was really cool. So I, we've got a guest in here who's who's been watching us. Screw, nut, filter, oil, grill, tools. The bus Wheels, tires, brakes, <laughs> so bad. Uh, so bad. Gears, belts. The bus, the bus, and your wife warns you not you to don't spend your cash.
and then you want to go back. See, because... You Dale, s- you spent all the cash <laughs> yeah. and then your wife's pissed. You see the, so, the joke there? Normally yeah. we kind of do this thing with parts department where it's like a new product, but today we thought we'd have a little spin on it. So we've got our buddy Dale Thomas here from LGE CTS in San Dimas, California, and Dale is a truck parts counter guy. <laughs> He's the real guy. <laughs> First off, I'm not quite sure how to take that uh, intro, but I guess I'll take it. Uh, this is literally the guy that your wife Hates you for knowing. A hundred percent. Yes. A hundred percent. But see, the wife is pissed, but you still go back. Right. You don't oh, have yeah. a choice. It's oh, like yeah. it's like a beacon. You just you're drawn to it. She you tells know? you not to spend your cash. But... You, you're my human bug lamp. Oh. You know what I mean? Like I have to go back to you. I found the best deflection is to ask them what size wheels they want on their Tahoe. Okay. After we lift the husband's truck. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. There you, you know go. What I mean? That's see? the big sell. So uh, so how many years have you been a truck parts guy counter guy? Uh, on the parts side of the counter, gosh, man, going on seven, eight years now. Um, I've been in the industry for 15, started as a builder. Um, long story short, ended up on the other side of the counter, uh, which <laughs> took a little bit of getting used to. What were you building? Um, everything. I did a lot of airbag trucks early in my time um, and left that, you know, building, had some injuries, um, so on and so forth. Long, long story short, was offered a job behind the counter. Injuries related to building? Yes. Really? Yes. A truck fell on you or something? No, 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 nothing like that. Um, <laughs> but that's the story you should tell, say, right? Like long-term ignorance to safety equipment. Okay. Uh, you didn't dust wear dust masks, ear protection. Okay. Welding masks. Oh yeah. So on and so forth. That's why you have your headphones turned up that's to, to, to why, eleven. That's why I can't hear, see stuff like that. So we basically but, wanted to have you in here because we want the counterman confessionals. Okay. All right. So okay. so you and I chatted. We yeah. we know each other. And we thought, hey, you know what would be rad is if you came on and told us counter guy stories. Okay. Because I think I think that's a topic that anybody listening to the show can relate to, right? Like, I, I everybody's got a counterman story. Everybody has their favorite parts guy. Um, I remember when I was uh, in high school, I would go to the local car dealership uh, to fix up my vehicle, and I realized that if I brought the parts guy's donuts on Saturday, they would give me their 20% employee discount. So I would cruise in with a box of donuts, Sweet. save up my money, get my 20% discount. I ended up being their parts driver for two years. No, <laughs> you did? Yeah, I did. Well, where, can you say where? Uh, yeah, a, a Honda dealership, actually. Okay, okay. Yeah. And in fact, a funny story about that, they asked me if, uh, if I knew how to drive stick. I was 17 at the time, and I'm like, yeah, I know how to drive stick. And they said, you know, bring your driving record in. So I brought my driving record in on Monday morning. I met the, the parts manager, like the guy who ran sale or service and parts. And uh, he's like, looks at my driving records, clean. And he goes, so are you a good driver? Are you lucky? And I'm like, oh, I'm a good driver. And he's like, yeah, okay, because you start Saturday. So I walk in wow. on Saturday. They hand me a, a clipboard with all of my deliveries. They hand me the keys to a white 1989 Toyota single cab, short bed, no right mirror, no AC, no radio, uh, manual Just beat transmission. To hell. That was your eighty nine ninety nine truck you'd see in the paper all day long, right? <laughs> okay. That was the parts truck. Okay. And they said, uh, do not speed, but time is of the essence. Hopped in that truck. By the way, I did not know how to drive stick. <laughs> rode, rode the truck out of the parking lot uh, onto Beach Boulevard in Huntington Beach. Okay. And uh, popped the clutch, did a gnarly one-wheel burnout in front of the dealership <laughs> because the, uh, the parts driveway was on the one side and taught myself to drive stick that day. And I came back and they go, what the hell was that? You can't be doing burnouts in front of the dealership. I'm like, oh, man, I just wasn't used to the clutch. And I've been driving stick ever since. So anyway, there's there's my counter guy, parts guy story. So Well, it's funny you talk about, like, the 19-year-old kid coming in or the 18-year-old <laughs> yeah, right? kid coming in. Like, when we have a young kid that comes in, we were all in that spot where you'd come into some shops, nobody wanted to talk to you. 
You, yeah, right. You, you know, you the best attention you were going to get was walking into a Pet Boys <laughs> because that was all you had. Walking into any kind of custom shop, you get no attention paid. So, like, I'm always somewhat without – you know, you don't want to say wasting time, yeah. you know, but wasting, you know, important time. On, you, right. know, you talk to a 19-year-old kid that doesn't have a job all day long. One of the greatest stories, if we're going to start with stories. Let's do it. <laughs> was 18-year-old kid walks in, and I paid him some attention because I was there. And he's like, man, I love your truck. I had just built myself my first truck that I had built for myself in years. Brand new Dodge Ram, like lift kit, wheels, tires, full Alpine system, like the whole shoot and match. Love this truck, right? Had just got it back. It had been at, at prototype suspension at Alpine getting designed for a bunch of stuff for months. I had this truck for eight months. I think I drove it for two. <laughs> Comes in, hey, man, I want that exact build. And I said, okay, yeah, no problem. I knew it top to bottom. Took me two seconds to rattle off. Here's your estimate. I mean, 15, 20 grand worth of stuff. Here, man, here's you know something to aim towards at your summer job. You know, Never thinking anything of it. Next day, mom walks in. <laughs> no way. <laughs> wow. Okay. She comes in and she goes, what's the story behind this number? I was completely transparent, said this is what it is. Do we need to change the logo or the uh, jingle or intro to uh, and your mom says what? mom says So she comes in and she goes, well, we haven't even found him the truck yet. And he's already getting above and beyond all this stuff. So I said, okay, well, we're here. You know, they lived right up the street from the shop. Take it forward about two or three days later, she comes in again. She looks me dead in the eyes and goes, how much is the truck? And I said, the, the truck's not for sale, lady. Like, Just built it. Like, yeah. like, I haven't it's, even it's driven mine. it. Yeah. You two know months, what I mean? Man. Like, the truck's mine. If I told my wife that I had sold this truck, I'd be done. Dead. Right? She goes, looks me, goes, everything's for sale. <laughs> and this went, is a wow. kid's mom. It's baller. And I went, interesting. You're here, you know, by yourself, muscling up to the counter. So I won't say the number that it was. And the, and the flip side, that's not good business for us as a shop, for me to be just pawning off my personal things <laughs> right. meanwhile right. shelving a $15,000 thing. Well, then you got to build it again, too, right? You know I mean, mean if you want to get back into hopefully it. Hopefully the owners aren't listening to me right now. <laughs> <laughs> you, hey, know, uh, sh- you know right? they are. <laughs> right? Exactly. Shelving a $15,000 bill to sell my own personal thing, which was never my intention. Yeah. But when she said, everything's got a price. I said, eh, well, okay. I'll have to take this one on the chin, but okay. <laughs> Gave her a number. She said, all right, I'll let you know. Week goes by. She comes back in with a briefcase full of cash. No, cash, green cash. cash. money. Whoa. And I'm like, lady, I've still got my gym clothes and my softball gear in there. <laughs> like, right, can you at least give me a heads up? I said, let's meet at the bank over the weekend. You know, we'll get it all. I don't even Do have right. the pink slip to it. She's like, oh, you can just bring me the pink slip later. Meet her at the bank. I still don't think it's going to go through. She goes, here you go. Signs it all over. And she's like, do wow. you need a ride home? Well, I was like, no, I'm just going to go to the gym and then I'll go home. Never told my wife. Went home the next day, told my wife, whatever. She was happy with the- The difference? The uh, yeah, appreciation the in, the, right. in, the, in the sale and stuff like that. A couple weeks go by. The kid was in and out of the shop. A couple questions about the truck itself. Uh-oh, you were married to it. Then I started getting the phone calls. Yep. Uh-oh. Hey, man, stop driving like a Asshole. Well, I see you driving up down the street, and I'm like, dude, I sold that truck. Oh, they're like, oh, well, whoever has your truck is not the greatest driver in the world. Oh, no. Following weekend. Oh. Another person. Hey, man, saw you out at Glamis. Jeez, you were driving like an ass. And I was like, nope, still not me. <laughs> still not me. <laughs> so I called the kid. Wasn't me the first time. Still not me. I called the kid, and I said, you got to take the sticker off the truck. Or stop driving. Oh, so he's rolling this whole time with the corporate Everybody sticker. thinking it's my truck. Oh, no. You know what I mean? So- I tell him, I said, you got to pull the sticker off the truck. 
you know, or stop driving like an ass. Okay, cool. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, he was a super respectful kid, just a kid, drove it, you know, like he shouldn't be driving it. One morning, uh, this is now probably going two, three weeks after the sale, I'm in the office, haven't opened the doors yet, and I see him pacing around out front. And I'm like, that's weird. What's, what's, what's he doing here? And I walk outside. He's like, hey, do you have all the receipts for everything that was done to the truck? And I was like, Uh-oh. no, everything was done like on my own personal time and through sponsorship and, and, and you know, magazine deals and stuff like that. And uh, he, I go, why? What's up? And he goes, I totaled it this morning. Oh, no. Ran a red light, four in the morning, got hit oh. by a scrap truck, totaled Damn. it, wrote it off. Oh. Three weeks. Damn. Hadn't even got the pink slip to it. So, and mom paid cash. Paid straight cash money for it. I sold an X5 and it was, the girl had a totaled, someone here, saleswoman mm-hmm. bought it from me. And she had it totaled within a couple of weeks. Ugh. I felt bad though, because I had a lot into that. I did, you know, uh, same thing. It was, it wasn't, I didn't do as much to that X5, the, the BMW that yeah. you did to your truck, but still I had a lot of personal, you know, emotion wrapped up in that, sure. in that, oh. in that truck, you know, because a lot of it was the number of people that, that, that modify their vehicles. It's, it's a pretty small number overall. Sure. Right. I mean, it's not At the least average percentage guy. Wise, right. Like out of everybody out there, it's, you know. Right, and and the people that do, they care about that yeah. that car truck well, yeah, so I much mean, more. Let's let's face it. When we're modifying stuff, we're individualizing it, right? We're making a piece of ourselves. So it's nice to know that when you build something, you know, something that somebody appreciates it enough and likes your style enough to mm-hmm. want to buy it. But the reality is, that's you. I mean, you everything we all do, we're pouring our personal selves into that vehicle, and it's a reflection of us. So yeah, we we've got those emotional right. attachments. It's a hobby, you know what I yeah. mean? And it's like everybody's into their different brands of hobbies, be it cars, be it fishing, be it, you know, DIY stuff at home or whatever. You know, they pour their heart and soul into it and they pay attention to every single bit of it. I've got know? a mom story. You've got a mom story. I've got a, my mom story. Love oh, my mom. My okay. mom, my mom seriously like way cooler than anybody else's mom. Yeah. Uh, this is Holman. Go ahead. Yeah. Yes. Super, super practical, right? My parents are not car people. They're appliance people, right? My mom had Toyota minivans and things like that. It just needs to work and get you from point A to B. So when I came around and I'm 16, 17, 18, and I'm pouring money into whatever I'm driving and fixing things up, you know, she didn't understand it. And I remember one day uh, I had I had bought a, a vehicle and I was putting the exhaust on in the garage or something. My mom comes out and she goes, you're like a cat. I'm like, what? You know, like a cat. She goes, do you have to piss on everything you own? Can't you leave anything stock? So that's my mom. My mom's not the briefcase. My wife has said something of that same nature. She's like, can't you, what's wrong with you? You know, I get it from my father who was modifying, well, he wasn't modifying, but he he had unique vehicles. Uh, It just wanted to stand up. But me, I had to, like, I couldn't afford a unique vehicle. I had to make my ordinary vehicle unique. I don't even know where I got it from, though. You know, like, I just, my parents, that's, they're not the car people. I was always, you know, dragging my dad to the car shows with, we come out with bags full of posters and brochures, and, you know, I had 13 magazine subscriptions growing up as a kid every month, and that was me, and my parents kind of looked at me like, all right, I mean, it could be worse. Yeah. (laughs) Right? The crazy thing, too, is, like, I see the other side of it, too, is, believe it or not, there's chicks who are into cars. Some. What? There Some. are. I know it's it's hard to believe. I work with two of them. Well, your yeah. owners. You know what yes, I mean? yes. For sure. Teresa and Sarah, obviously, yes. huge yeah. into it. But I have female customers. And female customers are awesome because they do respect you respecting them, if that yeah. makes any sense whatsoever. And one of my fun- And they do a ton of homework, too. Like when 100%. I feel, I feel like when a female customer buys something, she knows exactly what she's getting, exactly what she wants, uh-huh. and she's not going to come back and second-guess the purchase like some of the douchebag mm-hmm. guys out there would. Oh, I spent this money. I'm going to be married to you now, and I want you to fix all- you know, yeah. a, a girl does it, and she's like, no, this is my dream vehicle. I'm doing it right the first time. And I feel like the guys don't really do that. 
I had a girl two years ago, year and a half, two years ago. She comes in and she was getting her revenge truck. No. Interesting. <laughs> no kidding. I knew her as a married woman and she came into the shop. I knew her husband, not on a personal basis, just as a customer and stuff like that. And she built the truck that he wanted. Oh, I love man. that. Ouch. Because that she wow. was, I don't know. With his money? I don't, or was it was her money? You don't know. Well, I don't know for a fact. <laughs> uh, if I were to bet on it, she was the breadwinner in the house. Because mm. okay. she was always the first one to make all the decisions and things like that. Who knows? You know what I mean? She could have yeah. just had a tight grip on you know what. <laughs> but she came in, no BS, came up. She's like, hey, I'm single. Um, Here's almo- my phone number. I'm almost 50. Here's my phone number. Um, <laughs> I'm almost 50. Uh, I've always wanted to build this truck. He wanted to build this truck, but he wanted to build it for him. And I knew I'd never touch it. We're now done. Wow. Let's build a truck. And I said, you just said the magic words. Let's. Let's build a truck. <laughs> Let's build a truck. She, a came, show. she came around to the other side of my desk and she sat down next to me and I paid her full attention as I tried to everyone, but obviously with her trying to make her feel comfortable being in a shop, you know, and everything like that. And we picked out from start to finish some of the highest end items for Super Duty that could go on it. Wow. I mean, everything from big money wheels, big money tires, big money lift. I kind of feel like she probably didn't date for a while after that because guys were like, dude, I, I, I'm, in, I'm intimidated. Well, so that's interesting. Right? I, I, I'd like to know, did you ever speak with her afterwards? And, and of course. So, because that could go two ways. Because right? when you see a woman driving that truck, it's like, oh, that's her husband slash boyfriend's truck. Sure. N- not till you find out it's hers do you have a conversation with you're like, oh, that's the raddest thing ever. That's her yeah. truck. Huh. But I-, I would venture to say 99% of the guys who are on the freeway, you look over and go, oh, yeah. that's his truck that she's driving. Oh, yeah. Did she have any stories about that afterwards? Not really. Mm. Um, I mean, I keep in contact with her as a, you know, from a business standpoint, as far as, you know, checking up on her, making sure the truck's riding good, getting her in for some tire rotations and so on. And, and By the way, that's a sign of a good shop. Yes, it is. Just checking it in. Yeah, try absolutely. to. Don't get me wrong. Guilty of not doing it. Get busy and and stuff like that. Yeah, but, but I feel like a lot of shops just take your money and then they're like, as best you can. Good luck. Don't get me wrong. Plenty of times I yeah. forgot to. But, but yeah, you're absolutely right. Keeping up with customers is more important. They yeah. getting a phone call from a shop is more important than them calling you going, hey, I've got this issue. Da 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 da. Is super important. I don't know her standpoint because I don't keep in contact with her that well. It's always just on a on a, a business stance. I don't ask her like, "Hey, what's guys' reactions to your truck?" And stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, but right. obviously, Sarah and Teresa, the owners of uh, of the shop, they might be able to relate in a different way. Well, no, I mean, you get oh. a lot of guys that think Teresa's Raptor is her husband's. Oh, right. Yeah. You right. know what I mean? Literally, they know she's bad crazy behind the wheel of that thing. Oh, yeah. way more than her husband ever would be. Yeah. Same thing with Sarah and her Jeep. In like Jeep, yep. pe- people think that it's it's her boyfriends or her husbands or whatever, but nope. no, it's theirs. And and I work with Sarah on in the custom shop. I can't tell you how many times guys will walk in, look over her shoulder if she's in front to try and talk to me. And I'm like, hold on a second here, hold on a second here. She knows way more than I do. She yeah. started this company yep. right. in 2000, yep. 2001. Like she started this. You know what I mean? I was apprentice welder when she started that. She knows yeah. more about this oh, yeah. stuff um, for the most and, part. And for those who do. don't know, LGECTS is is a high end uh, shop in Southern California and San Dimas. They've got you know normal collision work, but a custom paint shop that they they've done millions of SEMA vehicles, millions of magazine covers, uh, and then they've got the custom truck shop side for all the parts and stuff. I mean, th- this is a no joke like high end. Great shop um, from the magazine side. We work with them all the time because they're they're just awesome. Oh, they painted with. a lot of the the cars that I've seen in truck and the diesel yeah. power and a yeah. lug and stuff like that. They do a ton of and, stuff for Ford too. I mean, you'll see at SEMA or in Ford booth uh, trucks they do each year. Uh, Kia is another one. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I think you've done some Hyundai stuff Kia, before. Uh, nothing for Hyundai. Um, you know, obviously Ford. Ford runs yeah. deep. Ford runs deep with us. Yeah. Um, uh, Kia stuff. Um, WD40. A lot of stuff with SEMA Cares yeah. um, and, and things like that. Yeah. Real, so it's, it's, a, it's an awesome, awesome shop. They also have a really cool parts guy. How did you? <laughs> How did you right. get involved with uh, Sarah and Teresa? Or, or, I went or the to high dad school or? with Sarah. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, I went to high school with Sarah. Um, I wasn't even looking for work at the time. I was going to take a couple of months off and just chill out, had a vacation plan and everything like that. This is going back seven, eight years before I started from the company. And uh, Sarah had approached me. She's like, hey, we're looking for installers. I heard that you're, you know, looking for work and, or, you know, out of a job and type stuff. And I said, I appreciate it. I'm just not trying to go back into it. And... She called me and she's like, okay, no worries. You know, hung up. And then she called me back and was like, hey, you know what? I think I have something else for you. And I was weary. And so was her dad. Her dad is a man's man. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? With half a thumb, Louis. by the way. With half a middle finger. Yeah. Middle finger. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's thumb. Dude, gouges that thing in my side while I'm on the phone 24 <laughs> 7. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but he was weary. Of a male coming in, you know, in in his yeah, it's his you know, family business. No, number one, it's his family business. Number two, guys are in the back, supposed to be getting dirty and right. grimy and stuff. And that took a long time. Like I told you, to get used to. Sure. To, like a customer would come in and let me just fix that. Hold on, I can just turn on the welder and <laughs> reweld your exhaust hanger up. That's broke. Yeah. And Sarah was like, No, there's, that's there's the guys in the back. That. That. <laughs> you know what I mean? So stay in your lane. I got started, you know, with Sarah. She, like I said, she approached me originally for an installer fabricator job, and I said thanks but no thanks type thing. And then she called me an hour later. And, you know, here we are eight years later and, and still getting used to it. It's still every day is something new to me. I was never in sales. I've never sold anything in my life and every day kind of learn on it and stuff like that. Now, you right. guys, I mean, you would not consider yourself a high pressure salesman. I no. mean, you're not out calling not people. Hey, hey, Joe, what do you need for your truck today? Absolutely. Right. I mean, you guys have, uh, you know, LG CTS. It's got a, an amazing name mm -hmm. out in your area. I, I don't know how far out if you're in Des Moines, Iowa, listening to this. I don't know if you've other than I mean, reading it the in magazine, the magazines. Yeah. You've seen it in the magazines a lot. Um, you guys do get cars and trucks trucked in yes. to be worked on Absolutely. right all the time. Yeah. OK. We um, what's helped us with our outreach is we over the last probably, gosh, I'm going back about five years now, six years now, have slowly started working into branding our own parts, bumpers, um, new bedsides for the Super Duties, um, small fabrication pieces for the Raptors. Obviously, the Raptors is a huge market nationwide. Same thing, you know, obviously the Super Duty, the new Super Duty, the 2017 has gone completely crazy. So we've started, you know, doing parts for those. That's where our reach has gone out. Obviously, in the media side, the magazines and, and, and so on has been it's been good to us, but that outreach in the forums and stuff for our bumpers and, and, and so on and so forth has gone pretty well. well um, you guys have a pretty robust newsletter and, mm -hmm. and marketing angle, plus they have their uh, truck show every year, too. So yeah. Yeah. there's a ton of customs that come in for that. Yeah, truck show is big for us. Yeah. Um, Every year, September. So, what's your what's your favorite what's your favorite counterman story? I mean, you've got to have something where it's so outlandish that. No, I want to ask you. Hold on a second, Holman. I want to ask you: Do you ever sell something that you're not that you wish the guy wouldn't buy? So, you're asking me if I've ever put 24s on a Jeep? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I think guess. I know the answer. Yeah, I mean, uh, there comes a point in customer service. I mean, obviously, you want to try and point people in the right direction. To the the everyday answer, what everyone's going to say is, I won't put in a product I don't believe in. Right. Do you know what I mean? I'm not yeah. going to put something in so, something unsafe. I'm not going to name companies because that's bad bad mm -hmm. business. Uh, unfortunately, everyone's style differs. I started uh, at 15 years old, idolizing Honda Civic hatchbacks. Hey, me too. Oh, dude, I love hatchbacks. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and going, and going yeah. onto yeah. mini trucks. 
hold on. Are we going to go and talk about? <laughs> no, I mean, that's a different <laughs> podcast. Um, we all we all started but, in that you know, kind of mm-hmm. thing. Mini we'll trucks, truck clubs, you know, lifted trucks, Lord, everything. You know what I mean? Like, there, everyone has a different idea of cool. Yeah. Who am I to judge that? You know? No, I get, now, you have some authority, my friend. I definitely yeah. do. I definitely do. And to answer your question, is there things that I have not put our sticker on in the back window? <laughs> yes, 100%. 100%. But, I mean, I'm not. So if I don't get the cool. sticker, that's that's a bad thing? The, it's either, I, I don't hey, really. Dale, uh, uh, you forgot I, the sticker I'm on my not back a window. fan or we're out of stickers. Yeah. <laughs> right? You know, it's one of those no, this is, a, uh, this is a window cling. It's just yeah, temporary. Right. It's made to come off in the wind. To say what my favorite counter guy, I mean, there's, well, there's got to be something. Anyone giving you counterfeit money um no counterfeit Ooh, money that's a good one um have had large amounts of cash found in vehicles when looking for like wheel lock keys <laughs> and stuff like that firearms um, drugs firearms plenty of guns um you are out in the nine nine sex toys, wait are you nine five one or nine oh nine we are borderline six two six nine six two six so it like six two six adjacent I, for, those of you, no, I, wait, for those of you that don't know in uh, southern yeah. california we're, we, we're definitely not nine five one we we judge everyone by the area code you yeah. live in live oh, okay. you know, like there was that movie swingers that came okay. out in the yeah. 90s whatever and, yeah. the, and and he he was like the girl asked him his number she says uh what's your what's your number he says 818 she's like 818 she bails he's like ah and his friend's like you should have said 310 i mean i feel like everybody has their like pride of you know whatever their area code is but because there's so many people in socal there's like 20 and you 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 size people up based on what that three number prefix is. yes and the bottom of the barrel in southern california is 909 909 my cell phone is 626 yeah my house phone, if I had one, would be 626. Okay. Unfortunately, my office number's 909. <laughs> uh, and so. not, not that there's anything wrong with that, because so I'm just sure there are plenty me. of friends out in 909 listening to the show. Just text me if yes. you have uh, <laughs> They know it's all in good fun. They, yeah. they listen, yeah, they live sure. in the Valley of the Dirt people. They got to have a good attitude. <laughs> right? You know what I mean? So yeah. true. Well, um, listen, Dale, we appreciate it. This no is worries. this is We could spend a lot of, lot more oh, time yeah, hanging out. 100%. This is, Thanks this for is having really me, cool. Yeah. So Yeah. L-G-E-C-T-S is the place you need to go. And the website, L-G-E-C-T-S dash ctsmotorsports.com and you guys can do you've got online shopping there as well yep, correct we got online yep. shopping we are building trying to get our website you know a little bit better than it was it's a uh Kind of a dinosaur right now, but, but you, uh, you've got there's a lot of content on social media as well, especially yeah. Instagram. Our, yeah, yeah, our Instagram page and 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 Facebook and everything like that is huge for us. We're trying to get on the Snapchat train and L G E C T S. I know it's the longest. I was L G Enterprises Boom. and Custom yeah. Truck Shop. Exactly, That's all you got to know. So Dale, uh, we were going to kick you out, but you're welcome to chill out yeah, for for the, the rest yeah, of the show. Yeah, you're here in the studio, also, so uh, going nowhere. You don't want to drive back to the 909 yeah, after all. So Dude, traffic right now is so bad. I'm so dying to get back on that 10 freeway out here in L A. Yeah. On the phone, we've got Josh Henning. Director of Business Development at the Roadster Shop in Illinois. Oh my God, dude, we've been waiting to talk to you for so long. But Josh, are you there? I'm here. Okay, so you're going to have to help us decide which intro you like better. We've got two to choose from in our new segment, The Innovator Motorator. Here's the first one. Okay. Innovator, Motorator, Truck Show. Innovator, Motorator, Truck Show. Innovator, Motorator, Truck Show. Innovator, Motorator, Truck Show. Truck Show. Truck Show. Truck Show. Man, that hurts my throat. <laughs> that's my uh, that's my voice guy right there. All right, there. so this is uh, this is choose your own intro night. So we actually have a second one, and so we want you to tell us which one you like better because this is episode two of the truck show. And we haven't figured out which one we like best. So we I need mean, your right help. now, right now, it's a lot of grinding gears for us. We yeah. just don't know where we're gonna land. Here's number two. You're the innovator motorator. You're the innovator motorator. You're the innovator motorator. Make new stuff and it's 
Is it one or is it two? Is it intro one? Is it intro two? Ladies and gentlemen, Hands Josh. down, number one. All right. Oh, yeah. All right, so put that ready. one up on the board, all right? All We're right. going to start taking a tally of this. So, all right. So, Josh, we've got you from the Roadster Shop, one of the uh, the highest quality shops in America when it comes to building hot rods and muscle cars. And you guys have found some success in some new truck products. Uh, you launched uh, your new frame for Broncos at SEMA. You've been doing a ton of C10 stuff, uh, F100 stuff. Talk, talk us through the truck market because it's really exciting for us as truck guys to see the quality and engineering from your muscle car stuff coming to the truck market. Absolutely. Well, it seems like it's been a natural progression for us. We've um, taken a lot of what we've learned on the muscle cars and hot rods over the past few years and stuff and put it into uh, these truck chassis uh, with the front suspension design um, and then just the durability and the way we're building these frames and the, the manufacturing process. Um, and it's, uh, it's kind of fun. It's something a little different, a little new. Um, we kind of take a little different approach to it. We still, even if we're building an off-road chassis, we still want it to look good and, and be able to go fast. Um, I don't think we're really building any kind of mall crawlers or anything like that. Everything is still going to be built to jump and go fast and uh, kind of do in the trucks what we try to do in the muscle cars but obviously do a little bit better it's hard to jump a 69 camaro over a railroad <laughs> track. what's the history exactly uh, behind the roadster shop like where did when did you go down this road of of being the chassis guys uh, well the road shop started about 27 plus years ago um building mainly um 32 roadster 32 hot rod um chassis um hence the name the roadster shop um, and was always a chassis manufacturer and building hot rods um, and kind of progressed from there. Um, Jeremy Gerber, Phil Gerber, and Neil Gerber, um, they bought the Roadster shop uh, about 12 years or so ago. Um, Jeremy had been working there um, for a while building the hot rods and stuff, and uh, they kind of wanted to, decided to take the chassis side of things to the next level and started developing the muscle car chassis and uh, Jeremy's own suspension design, um, and it's kind of snowballed from there um, to now, you know, five um, engineers in-house and multiple designers and, you know, 60-some-odd guys there making this whole machine happen. You guys, 60 employees, yeah, That's huge. You guys have, yeah. uh, you know, there's other people out there that are building chassis, but looking at your chassis, I mean, you can tell the care that goes into them. You know, it's hard to say, you know, on, a, on an audio program, and we'll post some links and stuff up on our on our Facebook page and our Instagram page at Truck Show Podcast. But what are some of the things that separate you from the competition? Because you guys really are a top shelf organization. And what are some of the things you're proud of that that make your product stand out? Well, first and foremost, I think one of the biggest difference is we also build vehicles um, every day, so we're utilizing the product that we build on a daily basis for customers. So being a being a vehicle builder and a, um, a hot rod builder custom truck builder, what have you, being able to use that product, we're able to see any deficiencies at the beginning. So we know what will work and what doesn't work versus just trying to sell a product and make a dollar. Um, in addition to that, we put a lot of time into the R&D on the forefront. So we do 3D scanning and imaging of a vehicle before we do a new chassis. So everything's engineered, um, designed in CAD. Then we build a prototype model. Then we test that. Then we generally are building that car. We see it all the way through to completion before we kind of offer that chassis 
um, up. Also, we can do custom chassis. If you guys got a you know, 37 Dodge Power Wagon and wants a full chassis for it, he can send it to us. We can 3D scan the body, figure out what wheels and tires, what engine transmission, have all the mounts done, everything there in CAD. We go straight to cutting sheet metal um, and welding everything together. Everything's jig welded. Um, we try to take an OE approach to things. Um, Sounds like A little like less it. hot rodder and a little more OE. I don't know if you guys use that TIG only, you know, hashtag that so many guys are using now, but like that's, this is like legit. There are only a couple shops that I think really earn that title, which is there's so much craftsmanship. I know that we've got Dale in here from LG CTS. I mean, you guys are consummate professional welders and, and, but there's, there's so many hacks. There's so many guys in wood sheds in the, you know, in the middle of Timbuktu doing this stuff. And then you see something that's coming out of, you know, with, with, with Dale and your company and then with Josh in uh, roadster shop, it's so meticulous and it's yeah. done all in, whether it's CAD or solid works, whatever It's gorgeous. I'm and not it, even it, exaggerating. It's literally a piece of art. It's, it's almost jewelry. sad. It's jewelry. Yeah, it's almost sad that your body has to go on the frame to cover it because when you see it as a rolling <laughs> chassis, I mean, at SEMA around their around their Bronco chassis, I probably spent an hour just staring at it, walking around, looking at it from different angles because I was so intrigued by, you're right, meticulous is the right word. And uh, I mean, just really beautiful work and you just you it comes through the passion that these guys have for any anything they do. Well, that's just kind of our, I guess... Um, unwritten mission statement is number one, it's got to solve a problem. Um, and number two, it's got to look good doing it. So if it doesn't do either one of those things, then we really have no interest in doing it. Let's be honest. They're pricey. I mean, you get what oh, yeah. you pay for in this case. Absolutely. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, you know, Teresa's paint job, right? At uh, LG ECTS. And, and, and you, you obviously you guys do paint there and I don't mean to compete, compare the shops, but oh. I have to at least bring Dale up because he's sitting right here. Talking to Josh. It's kind of weird, but like, I feel, I feel so dirty talking to two shop guys. <laughs> no, not at all, yeah. but, no. but it's, but it's the brotherhood. I mean, you guys all respect each other. Absolutely. And, and, and Absolutely. so, but we're talking about the roaster shop and you guys have done like the Colorado. We really want it. Let's talk about the trucks because this is the truck, the truck show. So the Colorado right. kind of, was that the one that got you to the next level with off-roads? Like, where did that happen for the Roadster Shop? Where you kind of, like, turned the corner and said, all right, now we're, now we know trucks. Now we're going to dial this program in. Jeremy's been playing with buggies and stuff for a long while. I mean, I've always had, you know, dirt bikes. I've kind of always done the off-road thing. I've always kind of dabbled in that as a hobby. The Colorado was really kind of just a, uh, I guess you could say, a passion project of what, what if we could, you know, and just, kind of went crazy on it i mean it was <laughs> thing was brand new and there was hardly anything left of colorado of it when we were done and it was more so of it was of a trophy truck everything yeah, to right? the limits yeah it was a it was a full-blown trophy truck so it was you know get the absolute most travel um the biggest wheels and tires and the most horsepower and put it all together like it kind of was nasty. i like that recipe um <laughs> and it was it was just um i don't because we, um, I guess, weren't playing in that market, you know, we were known for our hot rod stuff. There was really kind of no rules or any kind of expectations. It was, we really could kind of do whatever we wanted to do. And nobody would look at it and be like, oh, well, you've done these five other ones and you did a better job on these. This one's kind of like, well, <laughs> we don't have anything to be judged by. So, but that, that leads me to the next question, which, what was the response? Because when I saw that and I was like, okay, well, they're going to either have a bunch of like, uh, you know, roadster owners that are pissed or delighted? Like, what was your customer base? How did they react? Oh, overwhelmingly, it was, I mean, it was all positive. 
it was more so like, well, I want to ride, you know, or <laughs> everybody, everybody was kind of into it. Even guys that, you know, don't even know what a trophy truck is, you know, they look at it and they can just tell that, well, it must go fast and it must have fun doing it. Did it, did it piss off any people in the industry, the guys that are building trophy trucks that are like, wait a minute, what we do is a science. We've done it for 30 years and our long travel suspension. And these guys just come along and they design and CAD. Is that your trophy really truck voice? Yeah, that's your trophy truck engineer voice. <laughs> <laughs> see, you see how I retracted my chin? My chin disappears and I get all badass. Like, what's, did, was there any fallout from guys like they got no business being in, in this market? Or, or, or was it all good everywhere? No, we really never heard any negative. I mean, I'm sure you're lying. Guys you did. lying sack. <laughs> There was never there was never any negative. Okay, I mean it awesome. was you got into some guys, you know, and uh, they might have you know a different way of doing it, and then they start looking at it, and you're like, well, we've had a we've had a different way of doing it, but I guess this could work too. Yeah, I mean, I think with your reputation, you guys kind of get away with at least trying anything. Um, right. And, and you know, you've moved into the truck market. How many different frames do you guys or chassis do you guys have for the truck guy now? Uh, for the truck guy, we have probably twenty five or so applications. Um, wow. Mostly all in the lowered um, and performance oriented. Um, but we've got the new Bronco chassis. We've just came out with the RS four R, which is kind of your long travel, high end, big ticket. You know, the best of the best of the best. I mean, chrome and that's for early Bronco, and right? Everything. Yeah, that's for early Bronco. That's going to be um, trickling over into the C10s, the K10s, um, and JKs, and uh, and Defender uh, 90s as well. That we're going to be doing those this year. Um, and then the newest project we've got is the new Legend Series pickup truck that we've got coming out. That's going to be independent front, push button, four wheel drive, uh, LT4 powered, 8L90 transmission, all GM drivetrain, powertrain, suspension, brakes, components, um, all with a uh, square body C10 body on top all yeah. the modern conveniences um, right you, you all said the modern us conveniences in a production vehicle ready to purchase off the showroom ha- floor have you seen yeah. this photo guys? yeah it is Holman, this is, this you, is awesome. the interior so, of this you emailed us before the show dale you're not supposed to see this yeah right? dale, <laughs> dale <laughs> you're under embargo <laughs> until uh, no, josh like tells it. you so um no, no, but no you emailed us some um really exciting news about your square body setup and and we're looking through the specs man it's like everything you wish. I mean, for those of there's a lot of people out there who love the square body. And for those square body fans out there, if you could build a dream square body that was built today, I think you guys check all the boxes on your on your Legends truck. I appreciate it. That's what we tried to do. Try to give the man his truck back, basically. <laughs> I like um, it. <laughs> All right, good. <laughs> there was a pause right there. <laughs> right. I thought you we were, were all waiting. Waiting. I was waiting for each other. To Gave the man the truck back. That was exactly. Pausing for effect. I'm sorry. Right. Pausing for. Oh, effect. that was a great effect. <laughs> uh, on on the chassis, what are we looking at price wise for a guy that wants to buy one of these new, like the the C10? Yeah, C10 or that you're, that you're talking about. What's yeah. the? I know that you can you can actually check boxes on the website on the roadster shops. You can say I, I want this chassis and I want this suspension setup. I want the. Da, da, da. But like the range for the average guy who's listening right now is he talking ten thousand dollars sixty hundred twenty thousand dollars what is that ballpark right there we we hit pretty much um all of the marketplace we've got the spec series chassis for the c10s um all years pretty much we've got the f100s as well and the spec chassis started 10 grand 99.95 um, oh, wow. you want to step up from there we've got some of the earlier ford truck stuff that's in the thirteen thousand nine hundred dollar range with a little bit more performance-oriented front suspension. We have the Fast Track, which would be our full all-out race chassis, basically, to do for comfort and for pushing it on the autocross if you want to. And those are $16,900. 
Then to get crazy and everything, you go into the RS4R chassis, which is our new long travel um, independent front four-wheel drive chassis. And those are obviously loaded up with diffs, chromoly spindles, you know, the big two-and-a-half-inch boxes with bumps and everything that you can possibly throw at it. And those are going to be in the 60,000 range. So gotcha. honestly, if you're going down that road and you're frame off and you're starting from scratch and you're looking at your two twisted frame rails that are sad and <laughs> buckled over and rust, uh, that's not a bad price if you're starting with a good foundation. I mean, that's pretty reasonable. Absolutely. Well, and, and generally some guys have found too, depending on what you're starting with, by the time you pay somebody to completely disassemble it, blast it, powder coat it, then buy all of the suspension components that you're going to need. And generally those are going to come from multiple manufacturers, so you're going to be piecing parts together. Right, Dale? Running your brake lines and doing all. Once you put all <laughs> of those parts together, then the price point of the parts generally is close to what you could buy a chassis, and you haven't paid yourself to do it yet. And then what do you guys do? Obviously there's a lot of, uh, you know, you swap the chassis, VIN numbers, all that. You guys stamp new VINs, and then people register their vehicle. How does that work for people who are doing a complete frame swap? No, they just they just oh, make them up. It's just random numbers. <laughs> they just whatever, right. depending on the state. Yeah, no. You just write it on there with a Sharpie. Yeah, it's not a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> different states have different laws and different the different vehicles. Some vehicles didn't even have any kind of VIN numbers on the chassis, depending on the years and, and the manufacturer. Sure. What is your distribution network like, or is there any? Or is it just, I'm going direct to the roadster shop for everything? You can buy direct from the roadster shop. Uh, we also do have a, a large dealer network that's, I would say, dealer loosely um, with good shops that we've worked with that have done a good volume um, per year um, that we try to take care of. And we try to keep those kind of separated out through the country so nobody's you know dipping in each other's backyard. But for the most part, um, if you're getting a car built, you're generally going to buy that chassis through the, the person that's building you your vehicle uh, or your truck. Um, and then if you're going to be doing it yourself, sometimes you'll just come through us. Gotcha. Well, you're the man, dude. It's uh, the roaster shop is. Uh, it's hard not to follow you guys on Instagram and and leave a and not leave like a wet spot on my phone from oh, uh, from drool <laughs> drool. By the way, drool. Yeah, yeah. sure, sure. Movement. <laughs> on, on your ma- on your mouth or on your uh, lap? No, no, it's, it's out of my mouth on the phone, and then I got to wipe it up. You know. I, I think there's still drool at the uh, Las Vegas Convention Center floor from uh, me staring at that Bronco chassis for hours. I actually didn't get stuff done for a while because I was like, man, this thing's awesome. I did the same with the Colorado. <laughs> I did the same with the Colorado. Yeah. I was supremely impressed by the, the build quality on the Which Colorado. Which says a lot because you work at a shop that does not Get credit where credit is due. You know what I mean? It's it's not I about it. it's not about hate and stuff. Now don't get me wrong, I'll call a spade a spade if it's garbage. But <laughs> yeah. it's I yeah. mean I was there's that, plenty of that out there. That Colorado, I'm not just BSing because he's on the phone. I, I spent a lot of time looking at that thing and was yeah. truly, truly impressed by that build, Josh. Good good job, man. I yeah, appreciate so, it. It means yeah, a lot. Absolutely. And we'll uh, we'll go ahead and put some links up and uh, some photos up on uh, on our social at uh, Truck Show Podcast and that way anybody listening can can check out your work in person and again uh you guys the roadstershop.com that's it all right awesome josh you're the man thank you so much thanks brother appreciate thank you. it is it weird does it feel weird like dale talking about other shops Do you feel dirty not I mean, in the least okay not in the least i'm a fan you know what i mean uh, and have you guys ever done a roadster shop chassis before no we haven't okay. no nothing like that you know and i was going to chime in uh, on on some of those things that josh was saying we're the we're the opposite you know we do a majority of off-road vehicles and stuff like that. But we do do lower trucks. You know, it's not as big right now because it's the way the wave goes. And you're you know? on the West Coast, too. And I mean, on the West Coast. It might be different if you're in Texas. You might be lowering a lot more. Exactly. And we do do that. And like you you asked, does he get the hate or does he get the people questioning, you know, oh, you're you know technically a lot of lowered stuff, C10s, all that stuff, and now you're doing a lifted truck. We get the opposite. Oh, really? You know, if we bag a truck or if we... 
you know, lower a truck and stuff like that, I'll get some pundits that are like, oh, you guys are lowering vehicles now? Well, yeah, man. Like, it's, it's we're, not, we're not trying to pretend that we're just a one-trick pony or, or this, this, and this. Do the majority of our builds, are they, you know, lifted trucks, off-road trucks, pre-runners, so on and so forth? Of course. But it doesn't mean we can't build a lower truck. It, I mean, it, here's the thing. You know, with Southern California, like skateboarding is in that it's out yeah. or mm-hmm. surfing is in that it's out or whatever. I mean, you can look at like Volcom stock right now is at all time low. Things like that because it's like surfing's way out. It's way dead. Yeah. Skateboarding and, you know, Tony Hawk has got to find other means of income. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? yeah. But like, so lower trucks are going to come back to Southern California, like it or not. Of and, and And so what it's, they're like on 20 year cycles. So, of yep. you know, your dad, oh, my dad had one. So I'll never had one until you get old enough. And then you're like, oh, that's, that's kind of, cool. kind of cool. Well, like like my, I, my 67, right? I got a 67 bump side F100. You guys did a ton of work on it. You guys huh? painted it. Uh-huh. So, I mean, you guys do it all. It's, it's just like the wheels. Yeah. Look at the wheels. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? Although I will say that there's a stigma. So with with lifted trucks here in L.A. proper, and I realize mm-hmm. I'm not the rest of the country, because like L.A. And, and New York, Manhattan specifically, you get, it's like, oh, you have a small penis if you drive a lifted truck, right? Or you're, you're some kind of like weird dirt bag if you drive a lower <laughs> truck. Like, so yeah, there's right. anything that's extreme, people don't like in the big right. metropolitan areas, right? If I'm if I'm on Sunset Boulevard, you know, outside like Troubadour, Roxy, wherever, yep. and, I'm, and I've got a lifted dually, people are like, what is that monstrosity and why do you need that? I'm like, right. why does the guy next to me need that Murcielago, mm-hmm. right? That Lamborghini. Exactly. So it, it's just, uh, it's, uh, but here in Southern California, specifically about lower trucks in Orange County, in LA, and in this area, you don't see lowered trucks. Like nope. that thing. Not like you used to any. Not like, yeah. I mean, and when, so there's still, what I'm saying is there's still kind of a, a lingering stigma. Like I work at a radio station, and the two DJs that I work for, like, they don't even get lowered trucks. Yeah. Like, why do you, why would yep. you, a lifted truck at least, it's got clearance. If you need to go to over rocks, they can right, at right. least see a hint mm-hmm. of it's kind of, I can see its functionality. The lower truck, like, you've destroyed all its functionality. And I'm like, well, that, it's for looks, yeah. right? It's for it's that's just my way. function. Yeah, and and you know when was the last time lifted trucks or excuse me lowered trucks were huge in SoCal when Boyd was around and mm-hmm. doing you know eighty eight to ninety eights with uh, you know uh, billet wheels and all that kind of, and you know uh, small mirrors and all that stuff. I mean that that was probably what late nineties is when that started. It's to It's got to come back and around, it was everywhere. Right? Around oh, the, I mean the amount of sideways looks that I would get driving my bag truck to work. Uh, from people coming in getting quotes on lift kits or just talking yeah. about trucks in general, the amount of sideways looks I would get was was unreal. But flash forward two, three years later, and I'm in a lifted truck now. And, yeah. and I mean, I'm getting a lifted truck because I'm getting older. You know what I mean? Let's be easy. <laughs> yeah. uh, lifted trucks are a lot easier to drive. True, you know what right. I mean? You've got a lot more room for error than yep. in a bag truck and stuff like that. Right. It's two completely different things, especially in Southern California. I just but that's love, how the I love, love dragging and knocking, oh, the, knocking the shit off the freeway, you 100%. know, when you bang. Bots dots bots going by. Yeah. I was say the bots dots. Not <laughs> you know, so many you people know, the, know that anymore. You know what the funny thing is, is like a, you know, an airbag truck. Mm-hmm. When was the last time you went and cruised to the river with your buddy, and right. like half of your friends blew huh? bags on the way out there yeah. on the side of the road? Oh, I mean, yeah. that used to, that used to be a thing. And like, when's the last time you saw a bag truck? A, the bag technology is way better now. Mm-hmm. What was the last time you saw a bag truck that blew a bag and was stranded? It doesn't happen that much anymore. No, and, and I mean not people, around here anymore. People have tried to talk me out of like Kilderman suspensions for that very reason. Yeah, they're like, oh, you don't want a bagged, you know, a lifted truck, which you know, if you want to get really high and you want a nice ride, it's like kind of some of the few guys are doing it. It's Kelderman, right? Yeah. Yep. the big yep. names. Yeah, Kelderman's a big one. But yep. friends of mine who have done lifted and they were like, oh, you know, you might want to think twice about a bag because it would blow. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, how look, Dale, at, is look it, at semis. Yeah, that, semis run on bags. That's all they do is right. run on bags, yeah. right? And we yeah. do. Yeah. I mean, we literally just uh, just shipped one last week. It was actually I left the shop this morning. We were doing a couple, um, you know, final touches to the alignments and stuff like that on it. Um, 
if they're done right, you know, as anything, if they're done right, they're going to perform correctly. And like I say, go back to look at big rigs. Everything on that is air ride suspension. True. It's obviously, Good point. Everything. you know, it's be- built by Peterbilt, you know, and, right. and yep. things like that. But uh, the right setup, there's a reason why Kelderman kits are so expensive. Yeah. Because of the quality of them and, and the bag, drivability, right? the size of the bags, everything. It, just the quality of the bags, the the wall thickness, the type yep. of rubber compound. They're all using that. the I mean, big Firestone bags oh, of the yeah. big rigs. Massive, yeah, right? exactly. massive bags. They're actually tough to find yeah. on the West Coast. Let's get into some email and maybe, Dale, you can help out. For sure. You email? Yeah. I don't see you dancing, Dale. Oh, oh man. He doesn't know what to think. Oh, man. I'm ashamed and impressed at the same time. I know. We have the strangest assortment of uh, segment intros, oh, but I, I love it. It's the Truck Show podcast. Yeah. All right. Holman, you're up. You've got the uh, the email. Oh, I didn't print any God. out because I'm a slacker. So no, w- no. W- what have you got for us here? Uh, so uh, so Tim Allen writes, uh, congrats on the podcast. The I'll real be- Tim Allen? The real Tim Allen. No. Like uh, time? No, I wish. Uh, <laughs> but if we do get it, can we get him on the show? Are we that uh, that big yet? I, Episode two? We, I, no, okay, not, we can't. Right. No. So the other Tim Allen, the one I can afford. <laughs> yeah, <all right. laughs> he says, congrats on the podcast. I'll be interested to tune in. You've got to love what you do. That's pretty cool, right? Yes, uh, yes. But then it's countered because I feel like every good email we need to balance with like a bad email. Okay. And, and not that this one's bad, but uh, Bob Spivey here. Dudes, first show didn't suck that bad. It was pretty <laughs> awesome-ish. Hope your second, third, and fourth each get better. I'll be listening because you guys didn't suck as bad as my commute. Uh, okay, well, I mean, it, we, we don't know what freeway he was sitting on. So, so we were better than his 10 commute, but not as bad as his 405 commute? Probably, something Somewhere like that. In, yeah, yeah. So, The so, old backhanded compliment. Uh, we've got a, a Dan Pass says, Please discuss hot chicken, best restaurants, and proper eating techniques. How those vary per level of hotness. Oh, and you should also talk about trucks. <laughs> Hot chicken, dude. I, well, like Nashville talking, themed. We're talking chicken wings, or no, no, no. Like, are you familiar with like Nashville hot chicken? No, I've, oh. heard, I've heard, I've heard of such things, okay. but I've yet to dive into. Okay, it. so, so basically, there's two places. There's Hattie B's or there's Prince's. Are like the, the the they battle it out in Nashville. Hot chicken is fried chicken that has like a hot sauce and two pickles on it. And it's a southern staple. This is a in, sandwich? This no, is what, th- this is like fried chicken with stuff on it, and it is blade. I mean, you can have it as hot as you can take. Okay. If you haven't had hot chicken, next time, you, it's a Nashville thing. There's a few restaurants out on the West Coast that do it, but nobody does it as this well. This is as, not a, like a Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles or uh, or um, something like that. It's. I mean, to what Roscoe's is to like the Long Beach, SoCal area is what Hattie B's or Prince's is to the Nashville hot chicken scene. So okay. hot chicken. The hot chicken yeah. scene. Yeah. Well, yeah, the hot chicken scene, really. like a Popeye's or like a Raisin Cane's no, 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 or something no. like it, that? It's like, it's, no, that, no, that, that's drive through stuff. Yeah, no, this, this is okay. full on. This is like, uh, this is... Smack your mama goods? Better. It's like sweet tea, right? It's okay, like yeah. this is the chicken equivalent of sweet tea in the South. So, okay. so I figured that's a good one to include since we had Brent on from Tennessee. We should talk to him about hot chicken. No. Mm. Dude, it's, seriously, yeah. though, if you get a chance to have hot chicken. I feel like each of these shows we talk about food. Yeah. I like, I we like do because we're fat. <laughs> <laughs> fat truck dudes. Yes. Yes. Uh, and then Augustin Jimenez. This is actually a legitimate question. His name was Augustus? Augustin. Augustine. Augustine. Yeah. Augustine. Strong, Augustine. Strong Augustine. Yeah. That's a strong name yeah. right there. Wow. Actually, I, I, in the interest of full disclosure, I actually know him. Okay. okay. He has the be- world's best nickname. 
Which is? Gusto. 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 But he's Augustine. Why do you need Gusto? Because he's a big Mexican dude, and we call him Mucho Gusto. (laughs) (laughs) Good dude. But he writes, uh, will we see 500 horsepower and 1,000 pound-feet of torque on three-quarter and one-ton diesel trucks? Which uh, old trucks are increasing in value and why? And are extended cabs a thing of the 90s at this point? So I'll answer those in a backwards order. And, and Dale, you could probably uh, pitch in on this. But extended cabs are not a thing in the 90s. In fact, I think the regular cabs are. And uh, mm-hmm. Ram hasn't even announced a new regular cab on their new truck. Um, so is that, is that That's true? Yeah. They, they haven't? Yeah. And in fact, the new Ranger isn't available in a regular cab either, but you can get an extended cab. So I think uh, the regular cabs are dying off, but the extended cabs are still alive and well. Yeah, the regular cabs you're still seeing like in some of the work truck edition, work yeah. truck long bed, stuff well, like that. Well, you can't get a luxury but, version. Yeah, there's no top-end version of it. Nope. Um, I've seen guys, you know, obviously do Frankenstein builds, you yeah. know, doing... So you're getting that with on, a stick shift. Yeah, the crank windows. Well, if, if they even offer it anymore. Most, right. most yeah. manufacturers, they, you can't even get a stick in a... Uh, I guess the Nissan Frontier might be the only pickup truck now mm-hmm. that you can still get a stick in. Everything else is uh, sounds as unusual as like a single cab dually. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Right. So. Hard to find. Yeah. yeah. The totally. extended cabs um, are gaining in popularity again that I'm seeing, especially in the Raptors. The ni- the, well, and even the '90s trucks. Well, are, obviously, yeah, 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 a lot of the older trucks. But it, as far as like new stuff, the the Raptors you're starting to see it, it gain a lot. You know, I've had customers that are like, "I'll build one if you find one." Yeah. And, why? And, and why is like that? that? Why wouldn't you want a full back seat? Um, I think the guys who aren't trying to carry around their family with them, yeah, and, and like do it's stuff, their third truck, like, right? And shorter wheelbase, so more exactly. off-road, breakover angles better, in things and out like of that. Stuff, a lot better, better fuel like economy, hundred percent. Like I'm driving a Raptor right now, and uh, it's a 17, so aluminum body, EcoBoost, 450 horsepower. I've got the lightest truck you can buy. It's a base model Raptor, cloth seats. No nav, nothing fancy on the inside, um, and it hauls ass. Yep. Like it's, yeah, that that truck. I'll have to tell you uh, maybe next time the story of the uh, CTSV versus the Raptor. It's a, it's a good one. No, you'll tell me what now. What you want to hear it now? Yes. Do we have time? Yeah. All right. So I'm driving the other day, and and listen, I'll I'll be the first to admit. I'm not a huge fan of the fake engine noise that Ford pumps in the EcoBoost trucks to yep. kind of fill out because they, they, they don't sound great. I mean, we got to be honest, they don't sound great. But what do you mean the fake engine sound? So how? through the radio, Ford makes your engine sound like a V8 when you get on the gas and uh, in the EcoBoost trucks, especially the Raptor, because they don't think it sounds good enough. But I kind of feel like if you're taking the V8 out anyway, just own that you have a multi-cam twin turbo V6. Let me hear the turbos. Yeah. Right? Wind them up. I mean, why does a Nissan GTR... With a twin turbo multicam V6 sounds so awesome in a Raptor, you know. Okay. Anyway, so that's the 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 only reason I bring that up is I'm driving the other day, roll down my window because I see a Caddy CTSV that's lowered, which I love those cars. I, I just wanted by to the hear way. it. I literally he had exhaust on it. I just wanted to hear it. When guys do cams in those things, they oh, just and they, they yeah. labor and they just oh, oh so, so sexy. I'm kind of mirroring him in his blind spot listening and I'm waiting for him to accelerate. I see him look over. He sees me in the mirror. He sees me catching up. So he starts to gun it. And I'm like, no, no, no. I want to hear the V8. So, of course, I lay into it a little. He mashes it. Car gets a little loose in the back. I, ca- I catch up and he pulls out. Okay. All right. So we get to the stoplight. I look over, it's an 80-year-old man. <laughs> Swear to God. I look over and he goes, that thing's a lot faster than I thought it would be. <laughs> wow. And I looked at him, I go, that thing sounds awesome. And he goes, oh, this is my daily driver. I have a Corvette in the garage. And we're talking at the stoplight and he goes, what's in that thing? I said, that's a 3.5 V6 twin turbo. And he goes, I get it. And I go, you get it? He goes, I was a Grand National guy. Yep. Oh. And, and so he was a Buick Grand National guy back in the day. But he told me, he goes, I could have had you. But I'm getting too old for that. Shit. 
And I just know what my wife would say if I messed up and got <laughs> <laughs> This is all you train this in a stoplight. Yeah, but it was it was awesome. You just see this old hot, I mean, you know the dude was an old school hot rodder. Yep. So I appreciate it even more because, you know, back in the day, he he was, he, he loved it, right? He loved doing it. And just because he's retired, he's got some money, he hasn't settled down. He's still out enjoying the that he loves, yep. you know, and you just, it's just awesome. And now he's doing it in class. And now he's doing it in class, right? Right. That's the classy car when he and his wife go out, when he's cruising by himself on PCH, he brings out the vet. Yes. <laughs> right? Nice. So we'll go back to uh, which old trucks are increasing in value. I think uh, I, I br- bring it up again. The F100 bump sides are starting to get more valuable. C10 long beds are starting to come into their own, and old body style OBS Fords are starting to starting to pick up. I don't know if, Dale, you have anything to add to that? Uh, 88 to 98. Uh, 88 to 98. Starting to slowly yeah. go in there, only simply because I was looking for one for myself, and I went, yeah, what are you talking about here? Like, <laughs> so, no, you should no. be able to buy these things for like 3500 bucks. Uh, what are you talking you're about, not Willis? To, so if you want to buy one, the key isn't to go on a podcast and tell people that they're wanting. You tell right? them, nobody no, wants them. Nobody pieces wants them. Get rid of them. Yeah. Standard cap short beds. Nobody <laughs> wants to buy them at all in San Dimas. And then uh, will we see 500 horsepower and 1,000 uh, torque on three-quarter ton? I, th- I think that's the magic number. The reality is that the numbers are so high now. You, I mean, you can't even. It's just for a daily driver, for for warranty, for keeping it all together. The trucks today are pretty pretty amazing, and somebody will hit a thousand with a warranty. I don't know who the first uh, to do it will be. I know the new L5P Duramax definitely has it in it. Um, I'm hearing amazing things about the new six seven Cummins. That's going to be in next year's heavy duty Ram. Things that, frankly, are like. Whoa! I cannot wait to be able to talk about that. Okay, but a thousand's coming, five hundred's probably coming, and you might you might get to a point where that's probably it because I don't know how much power you really need. I mean, it just because you know fuel economy and towing and thermal management, all that stuff starts to come into play. So I, I we'll see, but I think a thousand's on the horizon. Yeah. So okay. so if you anybody wants to uh, send us an email, it's truckshowpodcast at gmail dot com. Shoot us some notes and uh, we'll read them on the air. Truck Show Podcast at Gmail or hit us on Facebook. On at Facebook. The Truck Show Podcast. At the tr- truck Is it show the po- Truck Show Podcast? No. No. It's <laughs> truck <laughs> Show Podcast. It's at Truck Show Podcast. At Truck Show Podcast. Both on Instagram and, and Facebook. Facebook. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And email and at Gmail. MySpace. No, not my No, a Friendster though. We do have a Friendster. <laughs> yes. yes, and Tinder. People are like, "What? What is it?" Yeah, we are in Tinder. Yeah, <laughs> swipe right. <laughs> hey guys, what's up, Brent? Hey, Brent, what's going on? How's it going, guys? It's lightning and Holman from the truck show. What's going on? Just hanging in there like a hair in a biscuit. <laughs> That's kind of gross sounding. <laughs> Just so you know, so for uh, full disclosure, we have Dale from LGECTS in with the uh, in our studio. He's hanging out with us for a little while, and uh, he was our first guest. He was like, you know what? Sit back, have a yeah. have a drink, and, and relax. So, I said uh, my buddy Brent won't mind. So uh, so Brent, who. Uh, has actually a really cool job, but let's get into the intro first, and then we'll introduce him. Are you sure you want to do this intro? Uh, it's so long. <laughs> it, we, I feel like we have to. It's, we we do. We you, definitely have. You to. have your intro. So here's the thing: is so I this is this is lightning. I work at a radio station, and one of our voice guys had some <laughs> some spare time and said we need some intros for the truck show. And so some are short and sweet, some are like punk rock, and then I hope you then, like Joy Division. And then there's this one: <laughs> the truck oh show, goodness. the truck show. The Truck Show, vroom, vroom. The Truck Show, The Truck Show. It's time for the inside job. The inside, the inside, the inside job. It's not over yet. We'll talk Wait to for it. an industry expert That's about you. how 
things A worky work work That was it. See, yeah, there you job. go. Now I don't you, mind. You guys mind. are never going to conf- convince me that Sean not filmed that or taped that in his uh, shower. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like he was either on the toilet or in the shower. Yeah, oh, man. It's not even that. me singing. I, I know it, that's surprising, but. Uh, a little long. Well, we're out of time. Thanks yeah, for calling in. I appreciate that. Thanks for coming today. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, so Brent has a pretty cool job and, uh, and, and kind of an interesting history of how he got there, but Brent is the regional product manager for Titan and Armada for Nissan. So in like layman's terms, Brent, you're you're a product planner, right? Like you're the guy who figures out what people want in their trucks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's exactly right. I'm, I'm the guy that tries to figure out what people want. I think sometimes customers don't even know exactly what they want for themselves. But yeah, we, we do our best to decode what we think customers want, what they're willing to pay for, and try to uh, put the best possible product together on the, on the market for customers. So tell us a little bit about how you came into that job, because it's kind of weird to hear, you know, good old boy from Tennessee working for Nissan, developing their trucks when probably you were a kid. Nissan didn't really have full size trucks here. And now you're the guy that's overseeing and making sure that the Titan is a credible vehicle. So how, how did that all come to be? Well, you know, there's a saying from where I'm from, and it says uh, a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. And uh, that's it. <laughs> That's exactly the case in this situation. I mean, the background is I grew up a car guy or a truck guy. My uh, dad's first vehicle was a 66 Chevelle Super Sport with a 396. So it kind of octane, you know, was in my blood from a a young age. But, you know, like so many, I didn't grow up in SoCal. I didn't grow up in Detroit, so I didn't have those opportunities. Uh, But I knew I wanted to do something in vehicles. And and I I was always around it as a kid, always very interested, tinkering on stuff. Uh, Up and through college, was involved with the vehicles. You know, I was the guy somebody call over, hey, help me put a body lift on a YJ in your, in your, my driveway, you know, in the middle of the night type of a deal. We, we're always working on that kind of stuff. And uh, I did my internship at a manufacturing plant that was uh, nearby in, in Spring Hill, Tennessee, and uh, just knew that uh, automotive OEM business was exactly where I wanted to be. And uh, just kind of blind luck that I turned down some opportunities to go to Detroit and some of the areas because it really wasn't where I wanted to be. And uh, cold weather and I don't get along as uh, unless I'm out duck hunting or doing something like that. I, I try to avoid the cold. So. Which, by the way, I can um, vouch for that because uh, Brent and I have gone duck hunting. Have you really? Yeah, we have. Like where? We have in Tennessee. Absolutely. It was awesome. We went with Flat Duck Dan, and there's a whole story behind it. But <laughs> Flat oh Duck man, Dan. Yeah, that, that's, yeah. that's, that's a story that's even longer than your intro. Yeah, <laughs> touche. No, it's true. And did you yeah, get any? You actually yeah. turned it appropriate shooting shooting at them. Not yeah, at shooting. them. <laughs> I was gonna say you didn't really. Did yeah, you really no, get any? I've got got pictures of me and Brent holding our ducks that we got. But he shot the ducks, and you just held it no, up. No, I actually I blind uh, blindly uh, shot from the blind, I guess. And so just like uh, Brent says, a uh, blind squirrel gets his nut. Uh, blind. Uh, <laughs> journalist gets his duck, I guess. So you, you were interning for Nissan for, for free. That was an unpaid internship? Actually, it was just a different OEM that was right down the road from where I grew up, about five miles where I grew up. And then I, I went and finished up my college and uh, had an opportunity to, to to go to another couple places and didn't want to and came to Nissan actually working in uh, supply chain management. And it was about dumb luck about a year later after I had actually joined Nissan, they announced that the headquarters was coming to uh, uh, to town. 
Yeah, so and for, from there, you know, the rest is history, as they say. For people who don't know, Nissan used to be based in Southern California, and so it was a huge deal. They were one of the first of the uh, the manufacturers to pick up roots and move their headquarters. Was that the the building was right off the 110 freeway? Yeah, the Gardena. 405? Yeah, Tyreco now. Oh, that's right. All of a sudden, gone one day. Yeah. Yeah, so that was Nissan's headquarter right across from Toyota and Honda, and now Honda's the only one left. Uh, Toyota's moved to uh, down to Texas, and Nissan kind of started the trend by moving to Tennessee, so... Um, they were the first ones to kind of pick up and move out there, and uh, they kind of came to Brent's backyard. Brent. That's, ex- that's exactly right. And Nissan was the very first to open a manufacturing facility down in the southeast, kind of bucking the trend back in 90, 1983. They moved to Smyrna, Tennessee. So, I mean, I had Smyrna, you know, down the road from me from, from a, a young age. I've known about Nissan for a long time. What's the mission statement in the truck division at Nissan? Yeah, I, you know, Nissan as a whole is about innovation and innovation that excites, right? That's the tagline for Nissan. And we look for ways to do that within the truck space. You know, that's the DNA around Nissan. And we're looking for how can we as a truck brand, how can we as Nissan credibly fit in? You know, people, we we have a saying inside the the truck team called tight and tough. You know, the whole idea about that is we got to build a truck as tough as our consumers are. But that goes back to the history and heritage that Nissan's had for a long time. I mean, who doesn't have a an old story about a brother or an uncle, a cousin, a dad, a somebody, uh, and old hard bodies, and how just un, you know, un- we all do, <laughs> destroyable, especially the mini truck crowd, right? right? Dude, everybody, <laughs> right now, all three of us are shaking <laughs> our heads, yeah, yeah. bobbing our heads. We all have a hard, we body. all had a hard body story. And we're all not talking about chicks. No, we're talking about <laughs> a little Nissan pickup. Yep, that's right. I mean, so so I mean, that permeates what we do. So the whole idea about about the, about Titan and about Frontier and about all the truck business is just being the best truck that we can be, as tough as we can, and deliver what the customers need and look for our small niche or our opportunity to differentiate ourselves from the competitors. And there's actually, uh, people don't realize this, but but Nissan was one of the big innovators in the truck space. So the original Titan launched in 04 as a, as a 2005 model. And you guys, I mean, what you standardized back in the mid-2000s are things that are expected on trucks today. And so things like your Utilitrack rail system, your spray and bedliner, the fact that you guys had in-bed storage all the way back in 2004, uh, the fact that you guys had the integrated tow mirrors where you had the big mirror and the convex. Uh, I forgot that they pioneered a lot of Nissan this stuff. did all that. Dang. Yeah. This, do we yep, give him credit the for dampen, it? <laughs> the dampened tailgate, lighting in the bed, the whole deal. Yeah, everything. Yeah, so there's all those things. Even today, when you look at the beds, uh, you know, Nissan's got great uh, LED lighting in the bed, but they're the only manufacturers that still have the adjustable rail for the cleat system. They call it the Utilitrack, both on the head of the bed and on the floor of the bed, as well as the sides. So, I mean, they're still doing that kind of stuff as good or better than anybody out there. So if you're if you got a dirt couple of dirt bikes in the back, I yeah. mean it's it's the And their cleats are solution. aluminum. Um, you know, most of the cleats these days are plastic and your cleats hold some amazing amounts like 400 uh, pounds or something like that. Yeah, 350 to 400 pounds right around that range is what they're rated at and, and quite honestly I've torqued down quite a bit more than that on them and they they've held up. The 2016 uh, or I guess the 2017 Titan, the non-XD and in 2016 you guys had the XD Titan. So let's talk about the new truck, the new generation. So it's been, you know, 10 years since the truck's been freshened. The, uh, the, the Titan, the non-XD truck came out, won Truck Trends Pickup Truck of the Year. So made a credible statement right from the get-go. You guys have a Cummins diesel in the XD. Talk us through you know, the product line and, and how you guys have improved the truck for today. Oh, absolutely. You know, the, the first thing it starts with, we recognize with the old truck, as you mentioned, we innovated in a lot of ways. But some of the things that we didn't do is we didn't have the bread and butter truck. So we didn't have a single cab. We didn't have, uh, uh, you know, a heavier duty 
pipe truck. We didn't have a diesel, some of those areas. So we knew that we were missing a big part of the segment. Uh, so the key thing first was just expanding the lineup, making sure that we're credible from all different angles. Uh, and then it was improving on the things that we did well. So adding new features like Titan boxes, adding, you know, reinforcing the damp and tailgate and the spray and bun or all the things that we've already done, but just improving in every area of cabin utility, bed utility, and the whole nine and improving IT systems. So there was a lot of, oper- you know, after 10 years, as you mentioned, there was a lot of opportunity to catch up. Uh, and so we want to make sure we do that, but then kind of push the bounds and, and explore new areas. And that's where the XD concept fit in with the uh, kind of fitting between a half ton and a three quarter ton truck. And obviously the Cummins diesel fit into that. And then lastly, pushing all the envelope with having the best warranty in the business, five years, 100,000 miles, bumper to bumper, right? We really wanted to send a message, hey, Titan's back. We're expanded. We've got an expanded lineup. We've got tough, capable, credible trucks, and we're going to stand behind them for longer than anybody else in the business. And I'll, I'll tell you just a little bit from personal experience. Um, I've got a great relationship with the Nissan team, and the team actually had me out driving prototypes that were covered in camouflage to get my feedback. And I want to say that based on myself... You're just straight showing off right now. Yeah, absolutely. I got <laughs> right, own big pimping. There were, Holman, big pimping. <laughs> there were uh, two or three other journalists involved. And we gave feedback on the Titan before it even came out. And, you know, Brent was telling me there was something like 30 changes made to the truck to make it better based on our feedback. And, and I don't bring that up to say you know, I'm, I'm helping these guys design trucks. I bring it up because— That's they, not true. Yes, you are. Okay, you're, you're right. You're right. I, you're right. <laughs> you had feedback. But the, the fact that they're such a small team that they're willing to bring in journalists early to say, hey, what are we doing right? What could we be doing better? I mean, I think that says a lot about who the Nissan truck team is as people and, and their goal. I, I think it's really cool. In fact, the engineering team let me sign the seat, which is for people who are in the, the truck and car development biz. When you sit in a prototype, you sign the seat. That's part of the deal. And I so didn't know that. Do, yeah. Shows you how many times yeah. I've sat in a prototype. <laughs> <laughs> Those are my favorite trips. It's like, hey, why don't you come out, drive something, you can't talk about it. I, okay. I, well, hold on a second. I want to know about that. So can you tell me, Brent, about about when, when, when Holman was in, in that Titan and had feedback along with the other journalists, can you can you tell me maybe something that you tweaked after that experience? Yeah, specifically, one of the things that we, we tweaked and worked on a bit was ride comfort for the truck. I mean, you know, there's, there's a good balance for a, a truck between payload capacity and ride comfort on the road. And we got a lot of really good feedback from from Sean and a couple others that were there about what's that balance for what we were targeting is the white space as we called it between a half ton truck and a three quarter ton truck. So really some excellent feedback on how can we improve uh, overall the suspension, the right comfort of the truck. And just as Sean was talking about, one of the things that's really important to us is are the zero gravity seats, right? That's something that permeates all of the Nissan brand. It's not specific just to the trucks, but as Sean mentioned, you know, those truck, those vehicles, you got to go out there and the, the seat engineers that are testing, designing, and they're making sure you get to validate that the performance is exactly as we plan to. And once everybody says, yeah, it's signed off, it's good to go, they're literally signing the seat as if it's a contract. <laughs> the seat delivers the performance that we promise to the customer. It's, it's really important. And we at the magazines, we, I mean, we love the zero-gravity seats. The truck is a great cross-country truck. In fact, I got one of the very first uh, Titans off the production line, and we had one as a long-term, uh, long-termer in our fleet um, at Truck Trend for, for a year. I flew out to Tennessee. I picked the truck up from Tennessee and immediately drove it cross country. Ended up going stopping in Denver for Diesel Power Challenge. Did in one shot, twenty two hours, and then drove home from there back to SoCal, which is another twenty hours. Um, and I could, I literally have driven that truck all day long, twenty twenty two hours in the saddle, and was fine. I mean, it's a, what's with the zero gravity seat? I don't know anything about it. 
wh- why is it called that, and what is how is it how does it differ? Brent, all you. Uh, all right, I'm on it. Uh, I am <laughs> not the expert, but essentially, Nissan partnered or, or did a study on seats uh, in conjunction with a study that NASA had done that actually looked at just what how does a spine sit or form in zero gravity. And so they tried to, to we've, what we, our designers and engineers do, and they 100% of the credit towards them, is try to make sure that the seat has the minimum number, of, uh, sorry, a minimum number of pressure points so that they actually, the, your weight is distributed as much over the, as much of your body as possible. So it actually mimics your, uh, the spine, your spine actually mimics the form that it would in zero gravity so that you don't, you don't have this long-term fatigue where you're shuffling back and forth and there's a kind of a hot spot if you will on your back or your leg or somewhere and you're kind of constantly shifting away from that point you can sit in a, that seat for a prolonged time and not have that kind of a normal fatigue that you would have people have no idea what goes in a what goes oh, in automotive no, no. seats this is awesome i told you it'd be cool to have brent on because he he gets to tell you like how trucks get put together and now, now, it's amazing now, so why not just partner up with ricaro like what or would you just rather do it in-house what's the upside you know, sometimes you, sometimes there is benefit to working with uh, someone who has an expertise in an area. I mean, Cummins is an example for us. The, the brand Cummins, the knowledge they have, you can't buy the knowledge that Cummins has in diesel's motors and the reputation that they have. But there's other times, seats are an example, where we've been building seats for, you know, decades, and we have that knowledge base within Nissan, and we can make an outstanding product. So there's times where it's advantageous to go out and find an expert that knows more than, than we do and has that history and that reputation, and it can put their name on the vehicle. And there's other times where we have that, that capability in-house. We just got to put the right people on it, the right resources, and let them go create and do what they can do so well. And the zero-gravity seats are an example of that. So what I'm hearing is he's saying that they're better than Recaro. That's all. That's my take right there. <laughs> I, all, all I know is, uh, is that if, uh, if I had my choice of seats – and I got to go cross country and sit for 20 plus hours. Right. I've done it in that truck. I've done it in other trucks. I, I like that truck. And going back to the whole Cummins story, right? So they got the five liter V8 from Cummins. I'll tell you, people still don't really know that Nissan has a Cummins in it. I remember driving cross country even early on. I had people towing horse trailers and stuff coming over and going, What's that? Is that a new Titan? That thing's got a Cummins in it? And then, I mean, I couldn't get back on the road because I had to have the hood up. And as people are pulling into the truck stop, they're walking over. So I can't get rid of the crowd fast enough because everybody wants to see the engine. And I think... Did uh, they think it was like a one-off, like a show vehicle? Uh, no, I mean, it was a production-looking vehicle. Uh, it's just a, a, a pre-production, but it looked production intense. No, I'm saying because yeah. it had a Cummins in it, they're like, why'd you put a Cummins yeah. in this <laughs> Nissan? You I, know? They, were, they wanted why to know more all, about it. Why I don't are we all know. doing the Southern I accents, right? <laughs> uh, Brent uh, is rubbing off on us right now. <laughs> now listen, I can I can attest to that. The, literally, the very first time I drove a Titan XD out that was uncamouflaged out on the roads in Franklin, I had the exact same experience. I had a guy pull up to me and another manufacturer's truck, cowboy hat on. They rolled down the window before I could even see him. I heard the guy shouting, "Oh my gosh, man! Oh my, that thing's got a coming!" Wait, wait, wait. You, are you hearing it. Brent? Brent yeah. is doing a southern <laughs> accent from a southern accent. That's awesome. <laughs> is that great? <laughs> I love it. But I had a big old grin on in my face, man. I, I couldn't, I couldn't help it. I took it back to the mar- to the advertising guys. I'm like, "Hey guys, we got a great idea for commercial. We got to do this. Is that thing got a coming in it?" Right. And yeah. they they told me to go back into my cave and shut up. <laughs> <laughs> they should have done it. <laughs> Oh well. <laughs> well, dude, we appreciate you carving out the time with us, Brent. Uh, like it's, I, I feel like official all in some junk having yeah. uh, someone inside Nissan on with us. That's pretty cool, huh? Yeah. 
No, listen, man, is it, is it all the honor is on me. I appreciate it. I mean, the chance to do the podcast with the man, the myth, the beard, John Holman, <laughs> I couldn't pass that up. So. Oh, man. Someday, someday he's going to trim that beard, oh, and you're going to see. It. There's actually <laughs> pools uh, at work and uh, at home. Mm-hmm. I think my uh, my mom, my wife, and my dad are, are taking bets, but I, I swear I'm go- the. By the way, it's a yeard. I just it's recently a, passed the yeard. It's so a it's, yeard. It's a yeard. It's wow. a year old. Um, and uh, I may just shave it all off one day and just walk into work and see if security stops me. Just it, because it just it just it ages you though, dude. Like you don't need ah. to. Like you're a young guy. Yeah, what well, are you doing? You know, no, 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 yes. no, 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 no. Listen, if, Sean, if you if you shave that thing, or it, it, actually, if anybody lays a hand on it, <laughs> my beard will feel the disturbance in the forest thousand miles away. <laughs> ah, Brent, you're the man. All right, brother. Thank hey, you. Thanks, guys. All Appreciate right, it. You soon. All right, Holman. This is your segment. Here we go. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. Lifted, lowered, and everything in between. What's happening in the world of trucks? Oh, oh man, I, I love the way that rift ends. That's Three. so rad. This is you. What you got? What's new in trucks, homie? Oh, man. So uh, the last couple of weeks have been busy. Got back uh, from Chicago Auto Show. There's all sorts of news there. Um, you know, Nissan is working with Icon and coming up with a three-inch lift kit that will not void your warranty on your new truck. What you talking about, Willis? Yeah, so that's pretty cool. Uh, so, you know, another manufacturer embracing the aftermarket. But unlike uh, other manufacturers who, who they say, you know, it's off-road only, Nissan's 100% behind it, worked to develop the kit with Icon, which is a Southern California uh, suspension manufacturer. Uh, and then speaking of shocks, 2019 Toyotas, the TRD Pros, um, they've all gotten upgraded so you can go 4Runner, Tundra, or Tacoma. They all have the new 2.5-inch uh, internal bypass Fox shocks, so similar to what was on the Tacoma Pro last year or the Raptor. And then they've got a couple other things like the TRD Desert Intake, so you can get a snorkel from the factory now for your uh, for your Tacoma. That's well, pretty cool. looks like I'll be looking for a job in like six months. Yeah, right? There's going to be no more parts they to sell. do not need you. <laughs> uh, no, no you, know, needed. you know what's interesting, though, is it's kind of like there was a um, uh, the head of the U.S. Patented Trademark Office way back in like the 1800s, late 1800s, who says everything that can be invented has been invented, and he wanted to tr- shut down the patented trademark office because he truly felt that everything had been invented, and this is in the 1800s. Thank you, Professor Lightning. But it, it's weird that, like, it's funny your comment is like, I, I can't. Where? How yeah, can we innovate? Di- yeah. All the manufacturers yeah. are making all the cool stuff, and it's just they can't make it all. And the the average person is, um, you know, the independent firm uh, is more nimble and can come up with uh, can improve. Uh, we thought about that when the the 2017 Raptors, you know, and how much stuff is available out of the box for oh, these yeah. things. We're like, how can this be improved on? And yeah, people come people, with their green cash. People like Icon, Fox, and everyone in between went, hold my beer. Yeah. <laughs> Watch this. You know what I mean? Even if it's 1% better, yeah. you'll find an excuse yeah, to spend some money yeah. on it. 100%. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. And then did you guys hear uh, Ford finally announced uh, the 2019 Ranger Raptor is a thing? Saw the video for that. Yeah. So de- developed for uh, Australia by the Australian arm of Ford. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if it came here. The thing looks badass. 33s, wide fenders, looks like a baby Raptor. And for somebody who can't afford a $60,000, $70,000 Raptor, $40,000 Ranger Raptor, and compete with the Chevy ZR2, that would be pretty sweet. 
So do you think it's, it is just a test? I mean, do you think there are plans to bring it here? No, no, like, uh, I, it's 100% going to be overseas, um, Southeast Asia, um, Thailand, and but why? Australia. But why? Because they want to have a Raptor down there, and they don't have F-150s out there, right? And so the trucks in the rest of the world are mid-sized trucks. And so, um, but all of us, you know, here in the U.S., the, the, the you know, results of us seeing it have been so strong that we've been telling Ford, yeah, and I've heard a couple people quietly inside Ford going, well... It was an international arm of the business that did it, but don't be surprised if you see it. Although they launched uh, with a two-liter bi-turbo diesel uh, hooked up to the t- same 10-speed uh, that's in the uh, the Raptor today, 210 horsepower, 369 torque, so that's more than the Colorado diesel. But I think that if it came to to the U.S., it would have the little baby brother to the 3.5 V6 would be a 2.7. But I think a 2.7 EcoBoost in a Ranger Raptor would rip. And then the other cool thing about it is the Rangers, a leaf spring truck, they went with a coil Watts linkage in the back. Wow. They did? Yeah. It's a badass little truck. So I, I'm excited about Any it. Any idea what it weighs? Uh, I don't. Um, not all the specs are out yet, but be sure that we'll be following. As soon as Ford releases stuff, we're going to be pushing hard to see if they can get that thing over here because the new Rangers coming back in 2019 wouldn't be that hard to make a Raptor I mean, version for America. It feels like they have to know that there's a market for that here or they yeah, just too skeptical is. and the investment is too big. Well, I think I think the international arm did it and they said, "Yeah, go do it." And and the, you know, the mothership kind of went, "Oh, okay, that's probably cooler than we thought." <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, somebody knew. Though I I would be shocked if we didn't see it here in 2 years. Do you guys remember and I, I know we're all truck guys, but you know, we appreciate cars too. The Yanko uh, Camaro back in the day. No. Okay, so Yanko Camaro was a performance package. I believe he was a designer, right? Yep. And uh, so he was kind of like the uh, Camaro Shelby, if you will, and they kind of battled it back out in the in the late 60s. Um, the Yanko brand is now owned by Specialty Vehicle Engineering. Um, so SVE, and, and I think some people probably uh, are familiar, they just announced an 18 Yanko SS Silverado, eight. Hundred horsepower, regular cab. Ooh, okay, wait. <laughs> Hold what? On a second. Yeah, so we're just talking about regular cabs and sport trucks and lowered, right? Okay, yeah. This thing has a, a a two front five rear drop, right? It's okay. got um, three hundred five tires. It's got uh, twenty two by nine and a halfs on it. They only let you order it as a Z seventy one single cab short box four by four, and then they go and take the uh, the LT one, which is in the Corvette, right? They do full-on forged crank, forged pistons, CNC-ported head, stainless steel exhaust, go through the whole thing. Sounds like a Lingenfelter program or something, Something right? like that, uh, but 800 horsepower. They pump it out, or they, uh, they board out 6.8 liter. Holy crap. And 750 torque. I mean, the thing, the thing is badass looking, and we'll put it again. We'll put it on our social media, but it's awesome. And then it has the GM performance parts, 16.1-inch brake rotors with their six-pot uh, calipers. Okay. I mean, the thing is wow. awesome. What's the ticket on it? So the the base truck uh, starts, so the, the truck they want you to have, which, again, is a regular cab, short box, LT, Wait, Z71. so you got, you got to bring them the truck? Oh, you got to bring them the truck. <gasps> oh, That's 45485 and then depending on what uh, you add to this, it's like another you know forty five grand. So you're talking about a $100,000 uh, truck. Yeah. But 800 horsepower, 6.8 liter supercharged small block. Do, oh. Do we know if that includes it being vinned as an actual Yanko? Because um, looking I, at the Barrett-Jackson stuff that goes across the line, the Yanko stuff brings money when it's matching numbers. Does it really? Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't yeah. know. So when it's a Yanko Camaro, it's or, a big deal. Things like that. That's yeah. where the big money comes in. Yeah, I'm and sure. I'd be curious to see if that thing gets then tagged over as a Yanko. Well, you know. I just looked it up. So uh, on the base build on top of your forty-five thousand four eighty-five truck, and this is the base build without the bodywork, the graphics, the cow, a lot of the other things you can get. I guess is forty-six nine nine five. So basically, another forty-seven grand on top of your purchase, but. Could, mean, be the ultimate you sleeper, yeah, could be the ultimate sleeper. You go hunt Hellcat. Could be the sleeper though. Could you, you imagine didn't get any appearance package? Oh. and just rolled in what? next to a Hellcat, and you just winked and wheel. smiled. You'd have to get bigger wheels for the sixteen and a half inch brake rotor. Yeah. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? That'd That's be why it has twenty two. Be your only dead giveaway would be the wheels. But oh if you rolled man, in, yeah, wow. but wouldn't that be fun? I mean, part part of being a truck guy is you know I, I firmly believe the truck market's really taken off in the last mm-hmm. 15, 20 years because they've replaced the American. You know, if you think about it. What was the family car back in the day, right? It was a station, rear-wheel drive station wagon, right? Four doors, cargo, V8, rear-wheel drive. Wood panels. What's, wood panels. What's the only vehicle today that replicates that all-American driving experience? It's the crew cab pickup truck. And powerful, whether it's an EcoBoost or a V8, you know, plenty of cargo, plenty of people space, all the stuff like the wagons used to be. But just like back in the day where you could have a sleeper Vista Cruiser, I mean, it, how rad would it be? You just sneak up on, they don't expect a pickup truck to be fast. Even the Raptor, they're like, hey, that thing's cool and fast off-road. And then you're just like, yeah, it's also fast on-road. Yeah. Yeah. You know? It's a good time to be a truck guy. It's a great time to be a truck guy, oh, right? Man. Is this the outro? Are we this done? Is, yeah, we're done. We're done. Oh, so soon. Yeah. yeah. Dale, thank you very much hey, for sticking with me, guys. Really appreciate it. Hit us on social media. You can find us at The Truck Show. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. Whoa, whoa. Oh, you're not going to sing the second verse? Nah. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, that was a pretty good episode number two, right? I think uh, we only sucked mildly. Yeah, this I think time. we got better. So a hopefully, better. Uh, everybody listening will come back to us uh, for episode number three. I don't think they will. Well, it's been a good run. <laughs> <laughs>